You say, who's excited to see what he said tonight? I definitely am, and I'm excited to give you what he gave me. Um, Gina Wharton with You Say here with you tonight. I'm doing it by myself tonight, but I have a topic that I spoke about at the conference, and I have just been thinking so strongly about it still. It is on my heart, and I've been praying personally about what I am supposed to do with the message in my own heart. And so I want to share it on my podcast tonight, what the Lord has given, gave me to do at my conference and has given me even more since then. And around this time, I just always think of Mary, you know, Jesus's mom and how she was chosen for such a special and important task and how I always compare myself if I would have lived back in the Bible days you know, would I have lived a life so in tune with Jesus that God may have considered me to carry his son? And I just think about that. That just, just resonates over my whole body of, would he choose me? Would he choose me? And that's going to take us to the topic that we're talking about today, but I kind of want to go through the story of Mary through some important just little points that I, I feel like God has given me, and then we're going to get straight into it. So if you look into Luke, where chapter one, and it's introducing, you know, the birth of Jesus and how the angel comes to Mary. And if you go down to verse 26, it says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin, a spouse to a man means he was engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. So verse 26 and 27, we're being introduced to the story of where Mary's going to carry Jesus. Okay, this is just the introduction. Verse 28 through 33 is the instruction of the story. So we have the introduction. So we're introduced of what's about to happen. And now God's going to give us some instruction of what is going to happen. And it says, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, and the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now, first of all, if I'm sitting there and an angel appears unto me, I'm going to be pretty startled. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to be scared, to be honest with you. If, I, if I'm laying in bed tonight, and an angel comes to me, I'm going to be a little fearful of what, you know, what's fixing to happen. So would you under the sound of my voice. So I just kind of wonder, like, what did Mary think at this point? But an angel came to her and said, you are favored of the Lord. And we're going to get to that because I love that word favored, but we're going to keep on track and we're going to get to that. So hang tight. And then it says in verse 29, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind, what manner of salutation should this be? She's like, and salutation is a greeting. Like, what is the angel? What is he saying? What's fixing to come out of his mouth? What is next? Because this is instruction of the story. And the angel said unto her, fear not. Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Number one, how amazing would it be that an angel would come down and talk to you? But number two, for that angel to say that I, Gina, or put your name there, that you have found favor with the almighty, powerful God. In verse 
31 says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and he shall be the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of the kingdom there shall be no end. So the angel came, said she was favored of God. She was highly favored, blessed among other women. And not only that, he gave the instruction of exactly what was going to happen. She was going to conceive. She was going to, his name was going to be Jesus. And she, and he not only told her exactly what Jesus was going to be and what Jesus was going to become. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. I mean, the angels sitting here given all the instruction. And then verse 34 comes. To me, it's kind of insecurity of the story, a questioning in her mind that says, hold up a second. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. What Mary was saying was, I'm not married. Meaning if I'm not married, I can't be pregnant. Because biblically, you should be a virgin when you get married. And Mary lived up to that. She had never been with a man. She had never done anything to even be able to conceive of a child. So here she's saying is, how can that be? I've never even been with a man. Now she was engaged, but they weren't married. She had never been with Joseph. Verse 35 through 37 comes rest of the instruction. Here's the rest of it. He says, and the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of God. What he was saying, it has nothing to do with you, Mary, but it has all to do with the Holy Ghost and somebody so much higher than you, the power of the highest, the power of the almighty God. Mary, you are going to be used and you are going to be a vessel that God is going to use. But make note, it has nothing to do with you. Oh, how that is in our lives. If we would put down ourselves, that verse that says, if we would completely decrease so God can increase in our life, we would be able to be used. And he says in verse 36, and behold, thy cousin Elizabeth shall also conceive a son in her old age. And this is a six month with her who was called barren. Verse 37, for with nothing, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Mic drop. That's the verse I call the mic drop. The angel says with God, nothing's impossible. I know you're a virgin. I know you've never been with a man. God knows you're a virgin and he knows you've never been with a man. And to man's ability of comprehension, you cannot be pregnant. You're correct. But when God sent his only son to this earth, he had to do it something remarkable that, that humans had nothing to do with. That's what I pray in my life, in my ministry, in my family's life. God, do something that only you can take credit for. And that's exactly what he did in Mary's life. He did something in Mary's life that only God could take credit for. No man's ability could make somebody that has never been with another man pregnant. There's no way. We all know what it takes to get pregnant. A man and a woman have, a woman have to conceive together. It is impossible for a woman on this earth to conceive that's never been with a man. So God had to do what he does best. 
Do something that no man can take credit for. And that's exactly what happened. And then verse 38, obedience steps in. Make note of this. This is very important in our subject today. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed her from her. What she was saying is, whatever God wants, I want. And that brings us to our podcast today. The first thing I want to talk about was highly favored. In verse 28, it told um, the angel told Mary that she was highly favored. Do you know what highly favored means? Number one, it means given special honor to. God honored her. Oh, what it would be like for God to say, I honor Gina Wharton. I honor her. Number two, it means to be accepted. To be highly favored means to be accepted. God accepts me and you in the state that we're in. He accepts us, but not only does he accept us in the state that they're in, he also calls us favored. We are favored. If you are God, you are favored in his sight. And if you're not, you can be accepted. He accepts all. Number two, the angel told her that she was blessed art thou among all women. I started thinking about this. I said, what does that mean? If God was to say, Gina, you are blessed among all women. The first thing I thought about was, she's a Proverbs 31 woman. If you've never read Proverbs 31, you need to go read Proverbs 31. She was a Proverbs 31 woman. Proverbs 31 women take care of their household. First, they put their household first. You know, it was stated, if you go back and read, that Mary was nothing big in the community. She didn't have a high rating. She wasn't a judge. She wasn't a doctor. She wasn't, you know what I mean? She wasn't anything big in her town. Her name wasn't all known. He didn't pick somebody popular. You know what Mary did? She helped her mom tend to her household. That's what she did. That's what she did. So if you're sitting here and you're thinking, oh, you know, I'm just a mom that stays home with my kids and I'm raising my kids, you know, sometimes I don't feel worthy or sometimes I don't think that's an important job. That is the most important job. It's biblical. You keep hold of your household. That's what the Proverbs 31 woman, but she also worked in her household. See, that's where we've got it misconstrued. You can work outside the home and keep home and keep record and keep good tendings to your household. I did it for years. Many other women do it. But then if you're able to stay home, the Bible also says that she worked in her garden. She tended to her house. She tended to her husband. She tended to her children. So just because you stay home, you also tend, you work. She, she went and sold her goods. She made her own money tending to her household. And that's what Mary did. She helped her mom tend to her household. It's so important that we tend to our household. That we're not running around doing things that we have no business doing. Because mamas, wives, even single ladies under the sound of my voice. 
We all have a calling. If you are a wife, you have a calling to that husband and that husband depends on you like you depend on him. If you have children, those children depend on you, mama, daddy, to raise them like they should be raised. Single lady, single ma'am, you have people looking up to you. You have responsibility to people that look up to you. And I always, God told me this years ago, if I was to conquer everything in the world and my kids didn't know about Jesus, I had failed. That's why I take the book of Proverbs and I read a Proverbs every day because it's nothing but pure wisdom. But Proverbs 31, that's my goal. That's what I want to be. I want to be known for number one, being wildly in love with Jesus. Number two, shining brightly for him. Number three, tending to my household. I want to be known as a good mama. If I ever get married again, I want to be known as a good wife. I want people to know and young women to know that there are still women out there that love Jesus, serve him, and tend to their house. It's important. Next, she believed God would do what he said he would do. If you go to verse 45, it says, And blessed is she that believed. She believed. You know, once the angel gave the second part of the instruction, she never questioned again. She said, Be it unto me according to thy word. She said, whatever God said, do, that's what I'm going to do. What would happen in our life? Because see, the thing about it is God has chose all of us that are his to do something. And if you're not his, first of all, you need to become his. And he has got something for you to do. He did not create one human being on this earth without a calling from him. He created us to accept him, get covered by the blood of Jesus, and then go out and do what he has called us to do. And my question for you today is, are you doing what you've been called to do? You're like, well, Gina, I haven't been called to do anything, really? Because just like I talk about tending, for a season, I was called to tend to my household. I was called to raise my boys for Jesus. That's what I was called to do. I am in a different season now. My boys are raised. I will always be a mama, but now I'm in a different season. That now I'm called to do something else. I just had my first grandbaby to be the best Gigi that I possibly can be and show her towards Jesus Christ, just like her parents are going to do. But we are all called to do something. And to, I don't, I'm sorry if this hurts your feelings. What we're called to do has nothing to do about us. It's all about him. And what would happen in our life if you knew what you were called to do. And if you just believed, all right, God, you called me to do it. God's not going to call you to do anything that he has not equipped you to do it with. And I am a testimony to that. When he first told me to start doing my conferences, I didn't have any money to do the conferences. We still don't. But God provides over and abundantly every single time. Why? Because he just asked me to be obedient. He's asking you to be obedient, do your calling, and he will do the rest. 
He didn't tell Mary that she needed to do anything to make this happen. Go back and read it. Not one thing did the angel ask of Mary to do. He came and instructed her and told her what was going to happen. All she had to do was be obedient to the calling. That's it. And then in verse 45, it says she would be blessed because she believed God would do it. God's never lied and he ain't going to start today. Number three, it says she found favor with God. Now, highly favored and finding favor is two different things. Finding favor, this is going to blow your mind. When you find favor with God, okay, that means God is stepping into one situation to make a worthwhile difference. That means whatever's going through your mind right now, whatever you're about to go through. See, Mary was about to go through something that she had never gone through before. She wasn't prepared, but she didn't need to be. Why? Because not only was she highly favored by God, not only was she blessed beyond many women, she also found favor with God, meaning that this situation that God was about to put her into God wasn't going to leave her there by herself. God was about to step right into the middle of that situation and make a worthwhile difference. And I'm telling you what, when he put Jesus on the earth, his only son, that made a worthwhile difference for you and for me. Because without that happening in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, I wouldn't be here to speak this and neither would you. That's what happens when we are chosen by God. And when God tells us to do something, he's not going to leave you by yourself. All he wants you to do is be obedient to the calling. And when you become obedient to that calling, God steps right in that middle of that situation that you don't think you're equipped with. And you're right. You're not equipped with it. And neither am I. But God steps right in the middle of that situation, puts his foot down right in the middle of it. And he makes a worthwhile difference that me and you could never have done by ourselves. That makes your calling and my calling so amazing. That made Mary's calling so absolutely amazing. When you are connected to the favor, you are connected to his goodness and his grace. You remember in the book of Psalms where it says his mercy and grace shall follow us all the days of our lives? When you are connected to his favor, when he calls you to do something, I don't care if you think it's small, mediocre, big, huge, the biggest thing in the world. I don't care what, but we all have a calling. When you figure out that calling and when you're connected to the favor of God, his goodness and his grace comes right behind your obedience. All he wants you to do is obey the calling to your life. It might be something as simple as he's been telling you to witness to somebody and you are so scared to witness to that person. And all he wants you to do is obedient and do it. That's what he called you to do for today. Or maybe he wants you to go pray over somebody. And you're thinking, oh, that's so small. No, it's not small. You witnessing to that person is going to save them from hell. That's the biggest thing you can do. Praying over that person. You have no idea when that person was going through something, if they might have said, you know what, Lord, I pray this in my life, and I know you're going to answer this by sending somebody to pray over me today. See, it has nothing to do with you, but all about God. And all he wants us to do is be obedient. 
Fear is a liar. Put your fear to the side and just go on the calling that he has on your life. Or maybe you think, okay, maybe it's, it is to start a ministry or it is to do something. It doesn't matter. There's no small calling. There's no big calling. It's all just a calling. But the question is, are you going to be obedient to the calling as Mary was? Are you going to be blessed because you believed? Are you finding favor with God? Because that's when God steps in the middle of your situation and he makes a difference that you and I cannot make. And number four, she simply obeyed like we've been talking about. That's it. That's what Mary did. And she brought our Lord and Savior to the earth in May and form to die on the cross for you and for me. And if Mary would not have been obedient, how the story would have been different. You say, oh, Gina, well, God would have found somebody else. Would he though? I don't know if he would, neither do you. We have no idea what he would have done. And I'm glad I don't know. Because out of pure obedience to Mary, do you think she knew what was going to happen? It's like it reminds me of that a verse in Deuteronomy where it says the Lord goes before us and he already knows what's going to happen. The Lord already knows what's going to happen. So why don't we trust him? And I'm talking to myself here. You know, the Lord knows what's going to happen till the day I die and I meet him face to face. So why don't I just trust him with my life? I go to work every day and I trust they're going to pay me. I go to work every day and say, okay, I'm going to retire from there and I trust that I'm going to do that. And I go sit at my desk, not questioning if I'm going to have a job or not questioning if I'm going to get paid or not question. I just do it. But when it comes to our Christian life, when it comes to a calling that God has on our life or something that he wants us to do, we put the brakes on everything. We let fear conquer us. We let what people say, you know, detour us from the road that God has us on. And why? Why do their opinions matter so much? If somebody's opinion of your job's not going to stop you from going to your job, no, because you need to pay your bills. You need to put food on the table. You're still going to go to that job whether your best friend likes it or not. But yet we're so opposite in our Christian life. When God tells us to do something, we got to go ask 10 people's opinion of what they think of it. They weren't called to do it. My calling wasn't a conference call. God didn't say, oh, let me get so-and-so and so-and-so on the, on the line in our prayer group and make sure that they're okay with it. No, God said, Gina, this is the path that I've paid you to do and this is the path I'm gonna need you to do. I'm gonna need you to step out in obedience and let me do the rest. I'm gonna need you to step out in the middle of the water and then I'm gonna fi- and then I'm gonna need you to find favor with me, which I'm gonna have because it's an obedience. You found favor with God through obedience. And then he's gonna step right in the middle of that situation and he's gonna make a worthwhile difference that none of us can make. My biggest prayer lately has been in my life, God do something so big in my family, so big in my church, so big in my ministry, so big in me that nobody can take credit for but you. And that's exactly what he did in Mary's life. So I ask you, who wants to be a Mary? What are you going to do with your choosing? What are you going to do with your calling? 
What are you going to do with it? We all have a choice today on whether we're going to be obedient or disobedient to the calling of God. All of us. So I ask you today, what do you choose? Are you going to choose to go down the road of favor and blessings and goodness and grace because you were obedient? Or are you going to go down the path that brings destruction that we've all probably have a testimony of? That we went our way because it was safe and it did, maybe didn't bring fear or the unknown. We thought we had control because when we go down our path, we know what's going to happen. So we feel like we have control because we're making the decisions. Well, hate to bust your bubble. I've been down the road of destruction and it's not up to you nor me. We think we have everything until God has to take everything we have away and break us because that's the only thing that makes us come to him. You have a calling on your life. I don't know what it is. Only you and God know. And if you don't know, pray that God starts using you. And pray for the smallest thing, maybe to witness to somebody or pray over somebody or whatever's on your heart. But pray for it. God will do his part. The question is, will you do yours? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for this time. I want to thank you, Lord, for just burning this on my heart. I pray, Lord, that everybody under the sound of my voice, Lord, would do what you've called them to do. Lord, we don't have many days left. And you know, I've heard that my whole life preached. But God, I see it right before my eyes, the book of Revelation coming true. And I pray, Lord, that as Christians, we'll get busy for you. We will bring people to you. We will pray over people. We will pray for healing. We will pray for salvation, Lord, whatever they need. But God, Lord, that you would use us as your vessels. And God, Lord, number one, we would be obedient and not let fear get in our way. But number two, that you would do something so powerful in all of our lives that God, only you can take credit for. That you would step right in the middle of that situation that we have and make a worthwhile difference. I love you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for giving your word to us to teach us and to grow us and to use us. In your precious heavenly name, amen. Have a great evening. I love you.